0: Hello and welcome again to this teaching series that we've titled Education in a Church. And uh, through those brief reflections, our heart's desire is to help people who are discipling others, church leaders, group leaders, team leaders, who are invested in uh, in the mission of Jesus to disciple people and multiply Jesus like disciples. We would love to inspire you and encourage you to consider the biblical, the historical and uh, the educational approaches to teaching, in instructing, equipping, and developing people in the church. This particular series, as we said, has three mini-series in it, biblical undergirding, historical overview, as well as the current educational theories. So far, we've been looking at the biblical undergirding, the priority uh, of equipping as it's um, revealed in the Scripture, the purpose of equipping, and we have begun thinking about the process of transformation uh, that requires the uh, divine agent, Christ himself being involved in the building up of the body, as well as the members collectively, as well as each individual person who is part of the body of Christ? And we concluded our last reflection that there are actually three ways uh, that need to be addressed in order for the three dimensions of Christ likeness to come uh, to uh, maturity, to fruition. And uh, we mentioned in uh, in the purpose, uh, the biblical purpose of equipping that we need to adopt a being, a Christ-like being, and we needed correct doctrine, and we needed to uh, live in that lifestyle, the ethical standards of Jesus. So, these three processes is what we need to do in order to, to, to reach that purpose. They are the modeling so that people develop that being of Jesus like. We have the teaching so people in correct doctrine and the partnering so that we can actually live out the life that Jesus intended for his people. Allow me to spend a few minutes today looking at our role in teaching. Look 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 at what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4. That's the continuation of this whole passage that has been at text, looking at the building up of the body. Immediately after it, and in verse 14 and 15, Paul says, Then we will no longer be infants. That is in uh, contrast to the idea of being mature, which we, uh, we mentioned in prior reflections. Tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. We mentioned that Paul was addressing uh, false teachers who were. Um, you, you know, uh, tricking and deceiving uh, immature believers, and Paul is saying, in order for us to be mature, we need to counteract the false teaching with teaching the truth. Look at what he says in the next verse. Instead, instead of falsehood, is speaking the truth in love we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. Have you noticed here, Paul is saying we need to speak the truth. And if we do so, look at what he says, that we will grow to become in every respect the mature body. Like without that, Uh, then there is doubt that we will be able to grow. It's a process. It's one of the things that we need to do in order to grow in the various dimensions of our Christ-likeness. Speaking the truth, I love what commentators, uh, you know, so many uh, different commentators elaborate in this concept. But one says, Paul's term, speaking the truth, literally truthing, we, we always say truthing in love, is a participle of means, describing the way in which the growth takes place. Isn't that beautiful? It's describing the way by which growth takes place. It's not the only way. And uh, I, I I love to just br- give that hint. I think, sadly, in our Christian environments, we go to extremes. We've got the extreme of teaching, 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 as if teaching is the only way we're going to become Christ-like. And that is basically looking at one dimension of Christ-likeness that's correct doctrine. And in this sense, yes, teaching is required for direct, correct doctrines. But there is more than that, as we have discussed together. But other extreme in some Christian uh, environment say, so, you know, we are all about love. We are all about fellowship. We're all about unity. It doesn't really matter Uh, you know, the doctrine. Let's not allow doctrine to stand in our way. And um, that's just as problematic from a biblical perspective. It's the way in which growth takes place. And speaking the truth actually refers to the truth of the gospel. So the truth that is uh, highlighted for us in the Scripture, the the apostolic doctrine that the church, the early church devoted themselves to the apostles' uh, teaching. We notice in Colossians chapter 3 that the command to teach one another is not reverted to the elite, to the teachers and pastors as in Ephesians chapter 4, but every single one of us has a chance to play. Look at what Paul says in that parallel epistle, which is Colossians. We know that they were written at the same time. And this is what it says. Let the peace of Christ, Rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, we're going back and back again, revolving around this concept of building the body as members of the one body. You will call to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. And look at this. As you teach and admonish one another, with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Did you get this? He says, as you teach and admonish one another, there is a mutual responsibility for every child and uh, son and daughter Of Jesus, every member of the body of Christ to play their part in admonishing and teaching one another. You notice teach and admonish, you know, the admonishing is comes a little bit strong that in our Western world we don't want anyone to admonish. We don't want anyone to tell us anything that might scratch our feelings. But the scripture makes it utterly clear that we need to teach and admonish one another. There is no Uh, you know, no way out of that. And then he says, we have much to say about this in the book of Hebrews chapter five, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truth of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant. Notice the infant uh, that that connects with Ephesians chapter 4 is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. You notice that Paul is saying that we need to speak the truth in love. He's saying that each member in the body has the responsibility to teach and admonish. And thirdly, I notice here it's gradual teaching. It's, it's step by step based on the needs of the people and their spiritual progress. Yes, they should have been teachers, but they're acting like infants. You need to... Accommodate that and deal with them accordingly, but ultimately, uh, you, you know, there is the constant use, constant application of the Word of God that makes someone well, mature. Here is the maturity that we're talking about. So it's important for us to know that maturity doesn't come only by knowing correct doctrine, but by constant use have trained themselves by constant use of that doctrine. So allow me just to give you three hints that I put in my own uh, mind and around the people that we train to how we can teach one another. Absorb the truth of God's Word. You have no authority, moral authority to teach God's Word unless you absorb it. It says, let the Word of God dwell in you richly. That means you need to dwell on God's Word. Don't just be a person that teaches what you've read. Be a person that uh, teaches what you've received from the Scripture, not what, what somebody else has mentioned. Okay, It's helpful to get other people's insights and develop your understanding, but do not let go of dwelling in God's Word. Secondly, apply the truth. Again, you have no moral authority to teach someone else the truth unless you are applying the truth. And thirdly, admonish in the truth. You know, it is important that we communicate with one another, not worried about our own reputation, not worried about the consequences and the repercussion that would happen if we speak the truth and admonish people in the truth. That's how the church can turn itself from being an entertainment center that tells everybody what they want to hear, to being a discipling factory that helps people to develop and to grow and reach their full potential in Christ. In the next uh, um, neural reflection, we'll look at another process that we need to do in order to help one another to grow and be everything that God desires us to be. Until then, be utterly blessed.